This week's episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you with no commercial interruption. You see, this week, a certain group of the gaming hobby decided to target creators in the OSR. We're going to talk about it on the episode. But instead of having a sponsor for you to go and spend your hard-earned money, we at Nerd Cognito, our way of addressing these spark of trolls is just to have you spread the word. That's right. That's it. That's all we want you to do. Get under their skin. Retweet, tweet, post, tell the world about Nerd Cognito. Increase our reach and increase their frustrations. Now, on with the show. Hey, hi, uh, how's it going, everybody? Another week, another episode of Nerd Cognito. Welcome, thanks for tuning in. My name is Ryan David, and I am joined, as always, by Bert. Hello, Bert. How you doing? Oh, you, you cut out there for a second. I saw, I saw, I think it was uh, my connection, but I got... You doing? <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Hey Ryan, how you doing?" Uh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Apparently, my internet is is not doing just fine tonight, which is odd. But yeah, um, normally you have a solid connection. I, I do, I do. I'm fortunate to be in in one of those rich with broadband areas. So um, no, I'm I'm doing pretty well. It was a interesting week this week for sure. A busy and fast week, without a doubt. Uh, but lots of great feedback. Last week we had Rob Cruzy on. I know you missed it, but uh, you did get to hear the the playback on on the interview. I'm kind of geeked to see his new his new series of books too. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in checking them out myself. He seems like a fun. It seemed like a good interview. I'm uh, sorry I missed it. No, that's okay. Uh, things happen. Things happen. Tonight you're not missing anything. We've got a, a couple of things on deck. Uh, you, my friend, are embarking on yet another new role-playing campaign with a new group. And uh, that got me thinking, you know, everybody has some sort of process when it comes to rolling up a character and, and figuring out what it is that you're going to play and what their personality will be and what their quirks will be and, you know, the it's sometimes a challenge for folks. Uh, so I wanted to talk about character creation, you know, for the normal folks that don't write 72 page backstories. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about character creation. There's a lot of news this week. Uh, okay. So some of it, we might have to abbreviate. And on the flip side of the news, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, a lot of the most terrifying things in the world. Come from Twitter. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yes. And uh, our dearest friendly segment of the tabletop role-playing hobby seemed to, after laying low for quite some time, actually, all attack at once. It was a coordinated strike against, I guess, whatever you can consider to be prominent creators in the OSR, myself included. And I, I'm i very much philosophically OSR, but I, I don't consider myself 
you know, entrenched in the OSR. Right. I, I tend to align with their way of thinking. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm the creepy uncle that always, quote, pops off at the mouth in the OSR. <laughs> but to make a long story short, a lot of our dear friends, without provocation or insult or even, you know, a, a, a passing, passive-aggressive comment, started mining people's social media and posting it on Twitter with the very clearly stated intent to expose the horrible human beings that they are and dissuade people from buying their product. And, well, you know, when you fuck with people's money, that just rubs me the wrong way. So, Yes, you're very much a capitalist. I, I, I am, and, you know, I I don't know. If I, if I don't like somebody... I'll choose to speak with my wallet, but I'm certainly not going to go on a campaign telling people that like other stuff not to like what they what, what they do. So, you know, don't yuck someone else's yums. That's what they say in elementary schools. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go into just some examples uh, that are going on, and I, I, I kind of want your take on what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> All right, I'll be interested to hear it. You know me; I'm a uh, pretty open-minded. I'll I'll give you a straight opinion every yeah. time. Yeah, no, and that that is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, but first up on the agenda is making a great, exciting, playable character and character creation. We all do it, right? Because we're we're sure, into absolutely. this hobby neck deep sometimes. And um, I, I actually do have a slight ulterior motive for this segment as well. One of the focuses that I am looking at uh, right now when it comes to the development of Auras, the tabletop role-playing game, follow them at Auras underscore RPG for all sorts of pre-development news. Um, I was thinking about the character creation process and, and sort right. of the, the guidelines and rules and, and balance and, and that sort of thing. So it, it got me on this tangent. And then I said, you know, auras aside, character creation is something that every gamer does with every game. And, you know, everybody sort of works through things on their own ways, in their own ways. Can't talk tonight. I've been fucking up all sorts of prepositions. <laughs> There's your English lesson, Bert. Uh, Fair enough. So, <laughs> so I, I know you're starting a new campaign with a new group. Right. We're going to start Pathfinder this Saturday. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, your process and what you go through. And then, you know, I'll pop in with things that I do and we'll see where the differences lie and where we have some similarities. For me, it starts with kind of you know, what are the rules that you're given for creation? Like, you know, I've had characters occur because of a bad roll. If you're rolling stat block, you know, when you roll a, I, so we did the standard roll, uh, 4d6, 46 drop, drop the lowest the lowest. number. Yep. Right. Sure. So we did that. I, and I was getting good numbers, getting good numbers. And then I rolled a two and three ones. <laughs> so I had a four. You've got a four. Yep. And it wound up being in my charisma. So I was like, well, this guy is going to be, well, 
pretty much despised, and I don't have any social skills, so... Not to mention you have all sorts of growths and hygiene issues. I mean, a four. Four Four is bad. bad. What was worse? In Pathfinder, I was playing a dwarf. What's the minus stat for a dwarf? Right, the charisma. So I wound up with a two for the entire campaign. Now, my charisma. Now, I'm, I'm going to interject because DM Ryan's coming in here now. At what point does the DM disallow a stat? Because I'll tell you right now, I would not allow a two charisma for for a couple of reasons. One is just overall campaign balance. And two, with a two charisma, you're getting into territory where it's not feasible that any other living thing would want to be near you. <laughs> so the concept of a group I, I i get you could role play you know it's the black sheep it's the ugly stinky hermit we're beyond that level of role play at a two charisma right right i mean at that point what i what the character actually wound up being was almost like a hanger on to the party like i wasn't sure if anybody was my friend but i followed them around and did the things that they were doing but even then, they didn't kill you? I mean... No, they didn't kill me. They just pretty much ignored me. See, that's loudmouth OSR uncle coming out. <laughs> they yeah, didn't was, kill I mean, you? Um, no, they didn't kill me. So in that case, since I wound up with a two charisma, I was like, what kind of character is going to be pretty self-sufficient because nobody's going to want to help him, is not going to have to rely on charisma. And so I wound up playing a monk because monks can, are largely self-sufficient. You know, you... You don't rely on, uh, you know, other people to heal you and things like that. So I was sort of a self-contained character that followed the party around. That that one wound up being just a technical issue. You know, once you reach a two charisma, you have to really think about, you know. Yeah, because you are three going. points under a zombie, my friend. Zombies have right. five charisma. Right, right. I mean, one charisma drain and I would die. So the... Uh, the interesting thing was, what kind of character could I play that could be self-sufficient? Because I knew nobody would want to help it. Right. Now, the, after that, after I spent an entire campaign playing that character, I made a joke that my next character would have to be fabulous. Okay. And somebody goes, somebody goes, oh, okay, so what's fabulous? I was like, I don't know, space pirate drag queen. Right. <laughs> We've heard and, of the, the space pirate drag queen. And so for the next campaign, they were like, oh, now you have to be a space pirate drag queen. So that character came up sort of as a joke, but I was tired of playing the character that everyone hated. So I wanted to kind of flip the script. Now, this, this last campaign, you know, you can be kind of inspired by anything. The last, this most recent campaign, everybody, like the new guys had a pretty good idea, idea of what they wanted to play. And the, uh, the old veterans, cause there's two new guys, three old veterans and RDM in this new Pathfinder group. The new guys had a pretty good idea of what they wanted to play. So I kind of looked at the party and they were like, well, we need another frontline fighter. And I was reading through the rules for Pathfinder. And for some reason, I kept coming back to this weapon that was really interesting. It's an exotic weapon that can be a finesse weapon, but isn't unless you have the feats, unless you have the exotic weapon feat for it. And I was like, so the idea of a swordsman kind of appealed to me. So this character all started from a weapon and I kind of built up from there. So So it sounds like you find some core defining element and then just spiral out from that one thing. 
Right, exactly. Is, is that I a mean, fair assessment? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a fair assessment. But sometimes that that sort of core mechanic is forced on you. Like when I made that bad roll, you know, I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of stuck with that. I had to think about, well, what am I going to play now that I'm horrible? Like that the night hag is embraced more than me. Right. So I was like, now what can I play with that? Just your then, sheer presence has <laughs> off-putting vibes right because charisma is not just looks and feels and smells it, it, right. it's it's <laughs> nod nod wink wink an aura that, that your character uh, sort of just exudes and right and so i had a dm and i had a dm that was really good about it we sat down and we talked about what like what charisma really was in the game and you know he's like well people with a lot of charisma make huge impacts on the world. People around them want to follow them, want to be like them, you know, want to embrace them. Your character makes no impact on the world. Right. You like just kind of go along. And I was like, that makes sense to me because people with high charisma, you know, they're leaders, they're, uh, you know, they're loved, they're famous. My character was none of those things. And, you know, I just kind of followed the party around and, just kind of did whatever you were the irritating and sometimes useful guy <laughs> right. that we don't talk to we don't let them in the inn with us right. it's just there mm -hmm. instinctively i went to you first on this one before i ramble on and for good reason you know i have been in the dm chair for so long and it is so rare that I'm not creating, you know, an NPC in the world or um, in some cases a DM PC that, that might be a little more entangled into the party. But it's never really a character that I have crafted for me to play on a certain level. And so when hmm. I approach character creation, I really look at... What is the facility of this character in the game world? What is the importance, like your DM said, what, what is going to change the world because of your character? Um, and and um, I don't know. I tend to include flaws in the design of my characters okay. very often. And they can be... Obvious or less than obvious, they could be very exploitable or, or very well guarded, but I find that the defining characteristic of the persona that I'm putting together is going into the game based on their shortcomings, and the game is the mechanism for them to overcome that flaw. Um, boy, you didn't know, but you're going to have to get a couch and, and a cigar, Ooh. Dr. Freud. <laughs> um <clears throat> but that's really how I look at at my characters is that's the premise. And then I have five or six bullet points because I'm not going to. No, I've got 72 pages of backstory. <laughs> you know, any, anything more than five bullet points is just masturbation because the character's creation and defining moments should not be on paper handed to the DM. They should be moments that are crafted at the table with your group because that's what makes it memorable and fun. 
Now, I've had DMs that go and ask you for things like that. Like, we got into a campaign, and he's like, all of you have a troubled past. Tell me what that past is. Because he wanted to be able to kind of work some of those into his own story. So that was interesting. Like, you, but, you know, 72 pages of backstory and a full, <laughs> you know, a full history is is a little extreme. I mean, you want to leave the character room to grow and room for you to kind of find out who they are. Someone hands me a book like that. I'm just going to kill the character. <laughs> oh, Ryan, no. I'm going to um, read the book, but I'm going to use everything you gave me. So if you have enemies in there or troubled past or, you know, you're basically kind of writing yourself into a corner with me because once you give me something, it's mine to use. Well, Different strokes, my friend. Sure, different absolutely. Now, I, I had a, uh, I had a story kind of about this because now you've got this character that you love, that you created, that you crafted with the sweat of your b- brow and the blood of your pen, <laughs> and and now you want to play them, right? Sure. So, I have a story about that. How do you deal with a uh, a DM with organization problems? I mean. Uh, let me let me let me give you a little bit of a story. So uh, yeah, set me up here. So the DM, I think you is, know my answer, but set me up anyhow. Sure. So the DM is great. You know, when we play, he tells a compelling story. Everybody's involved. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's having a good time. But outside, away from the table, he doesn't take any action to uh, organize game days, to you know, schedule things, to set things up. He, you know, one of our players actually had to step up and say, okay, well, when is everybody available in October so that we can schedule a game day? Then we schedule the game day and he canceled because he forgot to take the day off work for the game day. So when he's there, when he's there, the game is great. Everybody's enjoying it. We're having a great time. We're having a lot of fun. The problem is that, he doesn't do anything to make the game days happen, but when they do happen, they're awesome. How do you deal with a DM like that? There is an incredible responsibility that comes with running a game. And you could be the most phenomenal storyteller or world builder. You could have a closet full of miniatures and terrain, and you set it up with lighting and sound effects. But if you don't get together to game, you don't game. And in that sort of situation, I don't know. You said, is he, is, obviously this is a trend. He skunked you more than once, right? Two out of the last three game days over the last two months. It's time for someone else to take over the big chair. And you migrate him to a, a player. Uh, it, it's just one of those things because, again, you have a group of folks that are relying on you. And there is, you know, I mean, it's not life or death. We're talking about games right. here. Absolutely. But, but there's a responsibility. And there, there are people that are investing their time that may have made those arrangements, you know, to, to, to be at a session. And now they're fucked because you don't have your shit together. So yeah, I mean, I'm in I'm in four or five gaming groups. I when I schedule something, I stick to it. Right, everybody gets a pass, and life happens, and we get it. But sure. when it's a pattern, or when it's just not in the makeup of the person to be an event organizer, it, it's time for them to step down. The, the The other option 
is you have to co-DM it. But then you're, you're sharing the reins and you're dropping a player off of the table, which, which doesn't always work, especially um, if you're a group that is maybe just at four or five. You know, if you don't have a group of eight, uh, that may not be a, an option. But right. I'm, I'm very much of the, of the opinion that, sure, shit happens. I get it. I've, I've done it before, right? I uh, I had that attack a couple of weeks ago. Couldn't walk. Didn't want to move around. I said, uh, "Hey guys, I hate to do this last minute." Blah 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 blah. But yeah, but I mean, I've only done that problems once. like that happens. Right? It, it, yeah, I mean, I I did it once because I was you know I had COVID. You're at you the know? vid. It happens. Right. Um, if it's a pattern, the big chair is not for you. Right. I mean, so far we've had. You know, one of the players who was our DM for the last campaign has stepped up and, you know, asked when everybody is available, hosted the game days at his house, you know, set up everything except for running the game to try to keep things going because we're all enjoying the characters so much. But But that does no um, good if the guy running the game isn't there. Right, exactly. Someone has to tell him the news that he has to absolutely, positively get his shit together because next time, there's not a next time. Ah, fuck. I did it again, Bert. (sighs) News on the wire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's happening, and it's a big one this week. What do we got in the news, Ryan? If it ends up being a short one after the edit... Everybody knows that I just chopped out the fucking disgusting news. <laughs> uh, well, we alluded to this. This can be uh, just sort of like a a circle back around. Uh, we alluded okay. to it in a news story a couple weeks ago that our dear friends at Hasbro, you know, our number one favorite company in the world, are Ooh. re-releasing HeroScape. Right, you did mention that. We talked about you selling your original Heroescape yep. sets and making a few bucks. Uh, we we did, we did. They released some sculpts for it, which I, I threw in the chat for you to, to look at. And they uh, uh, released the price point, which will be achieved through a quasi-pre-order slash Kickstarter mechanism that they're doing internally hmm. at $250 per box set. Ooh, that's, oh. a, that's a little high. That's a little are steep. They, or, I mean, are now, they trying to compete with Warhammer costs? It looks... Uh, well, I sent you the sculpts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, short of the Warhammer fans, and you guys know who you are, love of just painting the miniatures um, for for molded plastic minis. And, of course, these can be painted. Sure. And I'm sure that there will be insane folks that do, and we love you if you're one of the insane folks that do. I I have neither the patience nor the skill to to paint minis. Right, I don't um, have the fine mechanical skills necessary. <laughs> but you know, it's it's HeroScape, two fifty steep. You know, I I I don't know how it's going to go. I'm sure they'll hit eight thousand, so they'll be able to produce it. But um, I'm not certain that this is going to be the kick in the ass that we talked about before with HeroScape to to relaunch the whole series. Mm. Putting it at $250 is still making it a very, very niche product. 
I think you need an entry at 50 or less if you want to make it big and mainstream. Right. I mean, the problem is, you know, people who are old Hero Escape players might be willing to, and who are in love with it might be willing to pay that. But you're not going to attract brand new players who don't know what they're doing at that price point. And I think that's exactly what they're banking on. They're just looking at this as a cash infusion. They can pull the 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 pocketbooks from the old HeroScape players that are paying about that price for secondary market items and just go on limited release, limited production based on pre-orders. Hmm. I, I don't see this as a uh, as a sort of mass market effort and you know again minis games not entirely my jam but not the approach that i would have taken i would have made it a little more approachable even if it's god help me and i'm saying this cardboard standees Hmm. uh, with premium figure packs available as upgrades uh, that's sort of that's where i would have gone with it right i probably would have done something like a you know a $50 like base base model entry that gets you you know gets you something playable and then a bunch of expansions sort of like they did with you know Magic the Gathering or do you guys do you remember Dungeons and Dragons miniatures <laughs> I did but you look at magic pricing now <laughs> Oh well there is that yeah that's fucking Hasbro man uh same same lovely company um I don't know I don't know it, it's keeping it niche and not, not the right direction. Also, keeping it niche, uh, one of our favorite childhood, I guess, video game adventure games on either the Commodore or the Apple II, where the world dies of dysentery. Oh, you, Oregon Trail. Yes, the Oregon Trail is being produced into a format that is a movie musical. Oregon Trail, the movie musical. The musical, yes, yes. You have died of dysentery, shitting <laughs> your brains out by Fort Cherry. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but um, I don't know. I mean, the a lot of you know, sort of niche. Uh, properties have gotten the musical treatment you know there's the evil dead musical there's you know but i don't know how a video game especially one (laughs) that old is gonna you know convert you know what i mean i i i don't know is it just pulling at nostalgia um now you know my deep dark secret of course it's not a deep dark secret for you because you've known me since i was in my undergraduate when I was a quasi theater guy. Right. And, um, it's, it doesn't even have appeal to me as someone that loves musical theater and will ball his eyes out at Les Mis. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't see myself clamoring to get on the train and hit times square and get a ticket for Oregon trail, the musical. Um, now it is a musical movie, uh, so eh, just one of those weird things that came across the news feed this week. Well, I never thought Battleship would be a movie either, so we'll see. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Continuing to tangentially involve Hasbro in our news stories this week, Hasbro has expanded their licensing partnership to Renegade Game Studios. That's right. Renegade, the folks that brought you Clank and other really top-notch entries in the board game world over the last five to seven years, is going to be reproducing Hasbro Reed Avalon Hill classic games like Robo Rally, Diplomacy, and Ooh. Axis and Allies. So uh, another version of everybody's favorite Avalon Hill stuff could be potentially on the horizon. I don't think we'll see my favorite Avalon Hill entry, Monsters Menace America. <laughs> and my second favorite Avalon Hill entry, um, Vegas Showdown. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever played Vegas Showdown. But no, it I've is played Lords a, of Vegas, but not Vegas Showdown. It's a spectacular, competitive, fixed bidding mechanism uh, tile laying game. Uh, we should pull it out sometime because it'll play in under an hour. But um, I, I always really, game for a shorty. Yeah, I really, really enjoy Vegas Showdown. It doesn't get the love that it deserves. Obviously, the titles that I mentioned are the ones that are being focused on right now, but it does open up a world of options if they make some money. Here's a shorty for you. We'll shift gears into the video game world. Okay. That's not Silent Hill artwork. Three weeks in a row. Well, not three weeks in a row, but in recent memory, three mentions. Uh, The director of the Silent Hill series has confirmed that there are, quote, multiple Silent Hill games in development (laughs) and released 10 concept art images that are not entirely dissimilar to a lot of the stuff that leaked. (laughs) So, um,. Our, our running gag on Silent Hill continues. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, dive back into the archives, and uh, you'll see we just make fun of them all the time. That's not Silent Hill, but uh, it might be Silent Hill. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to know more Silent Hill games are coming. I always loved that series. Yeah, no, I, I know you were a big Silent Hill fan. I played a few of them. Nah, they're okay. Okay, uh, I didn't get really invested in them, but I know some people absolutely love them. Uh, another shorty from the video game world. One of my favorite, I guess you can call it second tier, even though it is a AAA game, but second tier games that Bethesda releases under their vast umbrella was the Dishonored series. Did you play any Dishonored? Uh, played the first one. Ah, what'd you think? Was not bad. Uh, normally not my style of gameplay, but not a bad game at all. Yeah, I, I tend to like the stealthy games, right? So it, it was very interesting. Well, uh, there was a lot of buzz when Bethesda released their pretty big hit, Deathloop. And a, a lot of speculation that Deathloop was somehow tangentially tied to Dishonored, right? And the Deathloop creative director this week made it official on one of the panels at some convention somewhere and said, quote, Deathloop is one of the futures of the Dishonored world. 
So anyone that's played Dishonored or or its its ilk knows that the choices that you make in the game, uh, you know, shape the ending of the game and the future that that could possibly be. And uh, interesting nod because there were a lot of similarities that people have have dug up between the two, but um, officially Deathloop is in the Dishonored universe, which I thought was cool for. Just a quick short mention. That is kind of neat, you know. It's a it's a potential future of the uh, of the franchise, and yeah. I guess you could kind of go a lot of ways with that. So that's really interesting. Oh, it, you know, we wouldn't be nerd cognito if we didn't touch on food in some aspect at least once a month. <laughs> yes, yes, we're always talking about food offline. So why not on the podcast? Possibly of the big three burger chains that are out there my favorite which would be the king burger king has an interesting method of addressing customers in their new ad campaign oh do tell burger king has been insulting and publicly shaming customers that bash them on social media kind of sort of in a tongue-in-cheek manner but not really it's happening specifically in the UK advertising market. There's only one US instance and it's really uh, kind of aside. But there you know, there's a big push for people to to use their app because it streamlines the process at the restaurant, as you can imagine. Sure. I, I mean I have the app on my phone. I'm also a Burger King fan, so it does make things really convenient. And, you know, I, I've always said, you know, if you don't use the app, you're kinda dumb. <laughs> Right? I mean, it makes life easier. You get what you want. There's no human error, except for when they don't give you the right fucking thing in the bag. But I, I, I'll give them credit. Burger King is really good about customer service refunds when they fuck something up as far as what's in the bag. People that have been taking to social media with unhappy customer service experiences or ordering experiences have been met with responses like, quote, Smart people have our app. Other people clap when the plane lands. Oh, <laughs> wow, okay. Or, quote, smart people have our app. Other people wear fake glasses. Uh, referring to the profile picture of said complainee. <laughs> wow, okay. Now, I I love it. I think it is a great you're a fucking idiot campaign. Uh, I don't know if it is necessarily the best business strategy because we know people are very sensitive lately and we don't want that sensitivity to cut into profits. Um, So the next time you have something bad to say about your Whopper, if you didn't use the app, you better keep it to yourself, Bert. (laughs) kind of funny i mean a lot of uh businesses get uh, get attention for their social media so you think this is just like an attention grab or maybe they're just fed up with complaints i think they're taking a page out of wendy's book wendy's or at least the team that runs wendy's twitter account um wendy's is, is you know not at the top of my list if i'm gonna eat terrible greasy food i want it to be terrible and greasy um, 
Wendy's Wendy's tries to to pretend they're a little more than they are. But the the, the team that runs their their Twitter is very defined and over the top as comedy, right? Almost right. in an onion or a Babylon B sort of level. This is they're intermixing it with their regular tweets, so it's not their shtick. Even though it's a shtick, it right. I can see it rubbing people the wrong way. So Yeah, I can I can kinda of see that too. That might be alienating a few people there. I'm just sad that the uh two for four croissant witch deal is over because like that was breakfast three days a week. <laughs> um last but not least, we'll circle back and hit the board game world with what potentially is expected to be the next earth-shattering big game. Uh, okay. Take, take a guess. Think about huge games that we know and love and that have changed hobby gaming. And think about the, the sequels that you know are coming. Which one do you think I'm talking about? Hmm. Hard to say. I mean, they've been talking about, you know, things like another expansion for Gloomhaven... You hit it square on the nose, my friend. It is Gloomhaven, only Frosthaven, you know, the the next entry in the Gloomhaven series. Uh, Bits and pieces were released at Essence Spiel this year, and they're being met with mixed reviews. People love that they expanded some of the lore and depth of the characters, and, you know, that was a big deal in the first one, too. Absolutely. When you retired a character, that was a big deal, right? You you were you were upset because you were retiring that character because you had invested a lot in it. Um, I know Mikey cried when he retired retired a character because <laughs> he, he's a fucking puss. Um, but they were very disappointed that the core combat and card battling mechanic. You know, you, you, you've got the two cards and you take the top half of one and the bottom half of the other. Sure. Effectively remained unchanged. Now, for me, this isn't a deal breaker because that was at the time when Gloomhaven released for a dungeon crawler. It was mm-hmm. a welcome and innovative change. Right, right. Plus, Gloomhaven was so successful, you know, they... People who are a fan of that, you know, this is a chance for them to see mechanics they're familiar with in an, in, in sort of a new an, in a new story for them. Right. Is basically. The unknown piece of the puzzle is, uh, you know, Frosthaven's going to include city building elements, hmm. which I would freaking love. But, you know, I, I, I had to make a stance and not back Frosthaven. Uh, and I'm sure that's a surprise to you knowing my love of gloomhaven um true i mean you did love gloomhaven but you can't back every project no i I, I can't back every project but you know i I liken it to sort of our nerd cognito political stance right we're in the game of talking about games and nerdy shit and tv and movies and things like that we're not in the game of talking politics right uh the developers or specifically the developer of Gloomhaven sort of went in the other direction. Hey, I'm in the game business, developing games, 
and I have a platform now, so I'm going to shout down at you with my political rhetoric. And mm. that was just off-putting to me as a consumer, you know, agree or disagree that. with the rhetoric. I, I, I can't do it. You're fucking make a game, right? It's like when, when actors or actresses in Hollywood, regardless of which end of the spectrum they're out, they're, they're backing, right? Because you see it all the time. They'll put out these fucking TikTok videos, candidate, issue, right? And no, your job is to look pretty and make a fucking movie. <laughs> so um, I, I just couldn't back it. Uh I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but if you're in if you're in the business of selling to the public, then you have to take that into account. You know, you kind of keep those things, you know, sort of not all, even necessarily get, under wraps. You just don't intermingle the two, right? 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 Exactly. You can have your opinion. It's great. It can be totally different from mine. Also, great. I love the fact that you're able to voice it. Don't intermingle it with something that is completely unrelated. Um, that being said, I probably will still get a chance to play Frosthaven because Mikey backed it, despite me pleading with him to not do so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there will of be. He did. Um, I mean, he was a Gloomhaven obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, actually has been needling me this week to start a fresh Gloomhaven campaign on the digital with him so if you want to get down we're going to try to actually get it on schedule so a night or a time on the weekend we're going to have two hours for gloomhaven digital i know that uh one of the other guys at our table is already in and mikey and myself uh you're welcome to be our fourth if you want to pop in but i know your gaming schedule is pretty full and i don't know do you have digital gloomhaven i do not well there you go you would have to pick that up so but that, my friend, is the news for the week. Frosthaven, leaving people wanting more. Not necessarily a terrible thing. No, no. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, sticking with what works. I mean, the, the question is, are they going to have enough new content, you know, for people to, to clamor for it the way they did with Gloomhaven? Oh, they will have content. I, there's not a doubt in my mind that it'll be content upon content upon content. Uh, <laughs> uh, content's not the issue. It's just, what will will it be different enough? Because, let's face it, Gloomhaven, at its core, is a giant dungeon crawl, right? Right, exactly. Uh, what are you doing different than every other dungeon crawler out there? That's that's sort of that's where you're at. So, hey Bert, did yes, you know that no one should listen to Nerd Cognito or follow Aura's development Twitter because I don't think you should have a giant backstory. Hmm. Well, those two things don't seem to relate. You should also not endorse any of my creative elements because I made a joke that I don't recall in history reading about the oppression of the Yanti and the Kenku. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's happening. Uh, 
We talked about it at the top of the show. Like, out of nowhere, our dear friends, the Sparkle Trolls, and particularly two of their more prominent, if you can call them prominent, I mean, they have less reach than we do, uh, but prominent saber rattlers have been parsing different social media feeds, direct messaging pretty shitty stuff to, to people. Now, I get shitty direct messages all the time. That, I'm sure. That I does, mean, we all do. That doesn't bother me in the least. I usually repost them and just have a laugh, right? Um, the shitty direct message that I got this week was normal bullshit you know, I'm a horrible person because I have a certain gaming philosophy. But for yeah. no reason whatsoever, attached to that message was a photograph that was mined from a completely different social media account than I Hate Ryan David on Twitter. Hmm. And that photograph was of my son. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's six. He doesn't even right. play. Right, yeah, there's, there's now, no gaming involved. I'm not worried about, like, anyone going after him. It's it's clearly just a sparkle troll in the basement trying to twist me up. But this contingency of the trolls has been going after other people for political beliefs, gaming views, statements about the industry and they're specifically targeting content creators so um they are effectively i don't want to use the word effectively because it's not effective but they are attempting to do that whole cancel culture thing but there's mm. no egregious you know normally when someone gets canceled there's some sort of perceived egregious thing that happened right sure something they said something they did something they took part in right Right, you know, uh, there's no photograph of me at at the Olympics with Adolf, you know. <laughs> oh, man, that's not that's not a good uh, good image to use there, Ryan. Well, I'm just saying, there's nothing like that 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 would do it. And, and likewise, um, you know, Vendra Satanis, we've talked about him getting the old heave ho from Drive Through RPG. He's one of the one of the targets. The good folks at the Red Room are one of the targets. Um, there are there, there's no base for this hatred, other than people have a different gaming philosophy than you. Right, and 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 I mean that's strange. I've always been open to trying, you know, pretty much any type of game once, but. I do have my favorites. Sure. My philosophy is not for everybody. I mean, you know, I like, uh, you know, I kind of like clear cut lines between sort of the right and the wrong. Sometimes, you know, some, and a lot of games wind up being in the gray. So, but I'll play anything once, but just because I prefer, you know, a good versus evil story doesn't make me any less, uh, you know, and any less, how do I want to put this? Doesn't doesn't make me any less valued as a player than somebody who wants to play that role playing game we talked about in uh, Olive Garden right. a few weeks ago. No, and, and and again, I don't despise the spark. I make fun of them. I don't despise the Sparkle Trolls. I I don't even wish them not to game, which is weird because 
they do despise me and they do wish that I was not in the community. If you have a table of folks that are going to sit around and play anthropomorphic animals and enjoy role-playing, walking around in the mall, and you're having fun at it, have at it, man. Yeah, more power to you. Have at it. Don't tell me that's how I have to play. And, I mean, and, and to me... Maybe I'm just old school, and maybe this isn't the way the world works. Don't anymore, want to use. But don't want to use that term, old school. Though, well, you you don't have to worry because you avoid the cesspool that is Twitter. But uh, right. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> let's say old fashioned. Old maybe I'm fashioned. Old, maybe I'm old fashioned. But you know, if you disagree with some, you know, how somebody does something, then you don't do that thing with them. You don't try to, you know, uproot their life or you know tell them they're a horrible person unless the thing that they're doing is pretty awful. I mean, I mean, they're they're clearly going after the ability of people to, in some cases, earning living in the industry hmm. Um, in much minor cases or in most of the other cases to supplement the industry with new ideas and thoughts. They're going after indie guys, you know, most of the, the indie guys and gals out there, it's not their job. It's not where they're feeding their family or putting a right. roof over their family's heads. It is a contribution, not even to make money, just because of the love of the industry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna spin back to auras because you know I am a self-serving capitalist. Um, of course, I'm not going to make millions and millions of dollars from auras, and I know this, right? I am doing it because it's an idea that I had a very long time ago that I thought a lot of people would enjoy a different approach. And, God damn it, I think it would be fun to play. And if other people agree with it, great. And if that helps me cover the costs and maybe may, maybe have enough funds to put into expanding the world that's going to be created in the base level, great. I'm not going to make a mint on this thing. We're friends, Ryan, but I have to be realistic with you. Auras is not going to be the game that kills D&D. No, you know? nor is it intended to do so. So it's it's intended to be a different option. If you are just so twisted up that someone has an opinion different than your own, there's other problems that we got to talk about that are beyond the gaming table, man. That, and that's not even where I'm coming from. You know, if you don't like something, you can leave a bad review for it. We see one-star reviews on Nerdcognito all the time. Oh, I love them. They're, they're yeah. a hoot. Right. So, I mean, by, you know, you, you can put that out there. You can tell people not to support us, you know. But the the important thing that is, uh, I think, where it comes into play is, you know, if you don't like somebody's passion project, because that's what a lot of these games are. Passion Absolute, projects. Absolutely. People are people are passionate. They they're like, I want to play like a game like that, and I bet other people will too. I'm gonna make it. Well, I mean, you know, the the reason that we hear so many dissenting voices is people are passionate about their gaming. But why is your passion more important or you know more correct than my passion? That and, is incredibly profound. And and I love that you said it because um, it's perfect. It's perfect. Out 
out of character, <laughs> I, I made a conscious decision that I'm not even going to address this bullshit, right? Which is hard for me. I right, I, I right. am the loudmouth uncle of the OSR. I, I know this. Right. You're a reactionary guy, Ryan. When something makes you mad, everybody knows. But um, it, it's just, uh, again, it, it blows me away. Uh, he's not the first or the only or the last person that's going to lose themselves in either, you know, culture wars or hate politics or whatever it is. I, I, I honestly don't know because do you know how many interactions I've had with this person previously? I went back and looked. One? Zero. Really? Yeah. Out completely out of left field. Never tagged. Never commented, uh, never addressed him. So it's it's just a weird, weird, weird set of circumstances that I guess I will never be astute enough to understand. You know, educate yourself. Uh, I, I just I I guess I'm stupid because I ain't gonna educate myself. Um, all yeah. over a Yanti and a Kenku joke. Right. I, I mean, the thing that bothers me about it is if somebody's upset about what you said, you know, you know, let them say so. Right. If somebody's doesn't like the things that you're doing, you know, let them say so. But to, uh, you know, send you pictures of your six year old son and, you know, to, you know, hunt down somebody's, you know, quote unquote, real life apart from their gaming life is it's kind of beyond the pale for me. You know what I mean? It's just a game. And why do we play? What What is the core reason that we play? Because we enjoy it. Right. Enjoy your game. That, that's, that's, that's all I got to say. I, I, you know, intentionally am not blasting this Twitter handle out there. Oh, sure. You know, uh, in, in the OSR, uh, we know who these folks are. And it's just so odd because... Uh, again, and and I have bias here, and I'm going to say that because a lot of the folks within what's considered the OSR are my online friends, right? Sure. I don't know a single one of them that doesn't have an element of our sort of live and let live philosophy. You know, hey, we play something different. We want to encourage you to play something different sometimes, and we really want to sing the praises of the difference Will we poke fun every once in a while? Absolutely. But, you know, we're not going after anybody. Right. We're old grognards right. having fun. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the the gaming space is big enough. You know, everybody in on Earth needs some kind of entertainment sometime. You know, there's plenty of room for every type of game that you might want to play. But there's also plenty of room for every game that you wouldn't want to either. I just, I just don't know. There's, there's, and there's a lot of effort going into this, right? I, I sort of knew that the one of the individuals, yeah, obviously the, I received more than one little love letter. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I mean most hated man on the internet, Ryan but, David. But, but one, one of the individuals, uh, again, zero interactions, but had red flags everywhere. Enough that I would block someone, okay? 
Right. And I block nobody, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, people could, you know, scream and, you know, and oppose everything that you stand for. And you're like, ah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the individuals that screenshotted my account was blocked, which means think about the effort that they're going in here. That's a secondary account, manually finding my account, taking a screenshot, bumping back to your primary account, tweeting it, and then including it in your YouTube channel. For someone that you've never interacted with just because there's a different philosophy, that's that's a mental illness, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very intense for somebody that you, you know, it's hard to hate somebody that you don't know. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently. I mean, you can dislike somebody's ideas, you can dislike somebody's politics, but to actually hate somebody enough to want to ruin them. It seems like there has to be some kind of personal connection there, at least for me. And like I said, maybe I'm old fashioned, but, you know, I like my hate offline. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, Bert, um, I went up about 7% in my follower count after his little escapade. So well done, my friend. You, you, you accomplished your, oh, oh no, you didn't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll we'll have to see because this is the, the 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 episode that follows this whole rigmarole that happened online. We'll have to see what the numbers for this episode. And you know, I'm not one of those guys that stares at the numbers on the podcast either. But I'm going to look this week yeah, just sure. because and, and and see where it goes. Um, speaking of numbers, if you're listening to Nerd Cognito, we appreciate you. And we want our numbers to go up, too, and, and sort of stick it to them. So we are asking you specifically this week, go follow or at least look me up on Twitter. You don't have to follow me. Uh, I'm an asshole. Um, but look me up on Twitter and find me at I Hate Ryan David and just retweet the show little promo tweet, right? We want to get the word out and stick it right up their asses just for fun so that we have our own little personal giggle. We appreciate you listening. We are on every podcast provider that you can think of, be it Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, too many, Stitcher. I, I can go on and on and on and on and on. The important thing is that we get ears on the show and show them that, eh, these stupid childish things aren't going to work. They're, you like what you like, we like what we like, and we're going to expand to the audience that likes what we like too. So I am asking you directly, please go and retweet the show shill tweet that is at the top of my Twitter account this week. Um, it doesn't hurt if you like and subscribe to the podcast as well so that you don't miss one. But the big, big important thing here is that we get it out. So that's going to be my response, Bert. That, that is my response. You know, I, I, I am not going to directly engage with, no. with the, the, the super trolls of the sparkle troll domain. So, so what you're saying is for the first time ever, Ryan takes the high road. Did I? No. Cause I still want to say, fuck you. I'm going to come back in three weeks and, and be like, hey, you know, our numbers went up 30%. Fuck you. Um, but I'm not going to I'm not going to give their Twitter or 
pump any more viewers their way. Because part of me thinks that, you know, and I I agree to an extent there is no such thing as bad press, right? They're 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 getting things out there by being over the top too. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the goal is. If you have an idea what the goal is, well let us know. You can email us at uh, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also call in or text in to the Nerd Cognito hotline. Prefer you call in so that we can play your clip on the show. 323-694-4242. 323-694-4242. Uh, calling rates may apply. And uh, if you leave us a message, you are giving us your consent to play said message on the show. But let us know what you think, because I am truly at a loss this week, Bert. It's not often that I am left speechless, and uh, this one just was so out of left field. There was no big kerfuffle in the world of gaming this week, and it just, boom, it, it hit. It's like Crazy right. Dave came to play, man. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm kind of shocked too. I mean, I know that you hear about that stuff. People try to cancel celebrities, but like you said, it's normally for something that they did something that was really horrible, not just liked a different game than you. <laughs> right on the money, my friend. Right on the money. Ah, uh, well, we are way over time, so I think it's about time that we wrap up this week. Uh, we certainly thank you for listening again. Go to I Hate Ryan David at Twitter and do me a favor and just retweet the show tweet so that we can shove it up their asses all the way. Um, again, my name is Ryan David. I was joined this week by Bert. We thank you for tuning in and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>